This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello everyone and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight will be Richard Hawes, Stephen Lockridge and Will Bentley to discuss five new releases and much more. First up, Steve and I will be discussing the brutal Australian film The Flood, and then we'll have a bit of a palate cleanser with Paranormal Prison. Will Bentley will join me to discuss Disappearance at Lake Elrod, and then Rich will join us for Coven and Law. After this, we've got the latest Halloween fan film, The Haddonfield Nightmare, which is a feature-length film set after the events of Halloween H2O. Our short shot is also a fan film, but this time it's Candyman, with Bride of Candyman. And finally, our DTV throwback is a doozy. Olivier Gruner stars in Savage, one of the craziest films we've seen in a while. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is The Flood. When Waru returns from fighting in World War II, he discovers that Australia has instigated a harsh regime against the First Nation and tearing his family apart in the process. His return and attempt to reunite with his wife Jara and daughter Blinda is a catalyst for brutality and revenge. Um, we, We sort of both mentioned how difficult we were finding watching this film uh, mm. the last couple of days. It's it's very rare where you come across a situation um, which would make 70s era apartheid and the Ku Klux Klan go, shit, that's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and, and the film opens um, with, with quite a bit of dialogue, quite a bit of um, text uh explaining just what a bunch of shits the australian government was to uh, its indigenous people um so waru was one of many uh, aborigines who signed up for uh, to fight for australia during the second <clears throat> world war with promises that um you know he'd be given sort of cultural um dispensation and um sort of amnesty when he comes back and his land and things will be protected and of course the government went now nah, we lied no. <laughs> yeah and you know the opening scenes sort of, you know put that into action we, we got uh, the, the local land baron um gerald Mackay and his sons who basically just walk into this bloody church and go right this is ours now you guys are slaves basically doesn't use the word slaves but basically that's what we're talking about and and i must admit i'm watching it i'm thinking you fucking cunts you mm. know literally I, I was i was literally getting angry just just watching it and 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 it just got worse because then we see what it's like for these you know especially the women working in this place and um you know this guy's favorite son turns out to be a complete sort of sexual predator you know yeah fucking oh fucking hell oh you know i i literally felt my blood boil and you know <laughs> and it was just getting worse and worse you know without being without being graphic there is actually very little blood shown in this film but there's a hell yeah. of a lot of brutality it's you know. just 
grim as fuck. It it's really grim is. as fuck. And and every <laughs> every time you think it's about to turn a corner, it's like great. Now now you know the shoes on the other foot. Now guys, you know it's um, you know things are things are going our way. The, the, you're gonna get some retribution. It just like goes no. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> it just pulls the rug out from underneath you and goes, "Yeah, no, no, that's not happening, mate." You know, there's there's even worse to come. Basically, um, let's let's hear how you, how you coped with this one. Uh, <clears throat> you, I mean, it, <coughs> it is hard going. It really is. Because um, I, I woke up early in the morning. Thought, right, I'll wife still asleep. Thought, I'll get the headphones in. Cry. Yeah, like the dutiful reviewer that you are. <laughs> yeah. And I got, like I said, I got an hour through. And I thought, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm taking a break from this. I paused it, put it down. I had a quick look on Twitter and you'd put exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know, I'm taking a break. Because it is, it is so grim. But, you know, based on a true story. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, and you think, were people really like this? And obviously, they must have been, you know. Um, but it's just a couple of things that really threw me out of, out of it. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like stylistic choices. Like at the beginning, mm. where... Oh, the family about, tree bit. Yeah. The Mackay family tree. It's just bizarre. Yeah, and it's all yeah. nice and jaunty music and stuff like that. And then near the end, where they're they're on like a chase scene. Yes, yeah, so it's like speeded up music. It's almost like a Benny Hill thing, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like German techno playing in the background. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, it's <laughs> you know, it's really, really out of place. It's it's and, strange. Yeah, yeah. I just think, is it a temp track or something? Or I can't see it being. No, I, I don't know if it was an attempt More. to try and lighten the mood in some way, or you know, it's like trying yeah, to juxtapose the, you know, you've got no chance of that. <laughs> I mean, and again, I mean, you know, you get into like a spit on your grave territory, the revenge and stuff, but yeah. <clears throat> also, the, the, the catalyst with um, the wife. Mm. That scene basically, which is in the prison, <sighs> it's fucking harrowing. But they keep going back to it again and again and again. It's like five times that they got back to it. Like, yeah. Well, this this is the, you know that is the, you know, <sighs> the allu- allusion to I spit on your grave because mm. you know that in in that film it lasts a ridiculously long time. You know, it is brutal. Mm. This isn't as bad, but you're absolutely right. It's like, you, you, th- you think, oh, thank fuck, we can move on. It's like, no, yeah. they're still they're still no. doing it. They're still doing it. They're taking turns, they're doing it. They're cajoling each other. They're fucking, you know, winding each other up and she, you know, she's having to take it. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. grim. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, harrowing. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, you know, the one, the one sort of glimmer of hope is, is the fact that, you know, one of the white women having to sort of come in for some, come in with why, and see yeah. what they're doing, and and for her that was like the final straw, and and she does sort of you know help in her own little way, but it's like oh my god, yeah, it just, and it's just get, so grim. And then, also, then the bit in the in the yeah that bit in the gorge, yeah, when when Kelly yeah, catches yeah. up with them, you know, and again, you know, they they do, you know, they they. they do the right thing in a way that they keep it all off screen. Yeah, yeah. 
but may, you know, leave you in no doubt what's happening. You know, the sound effects for one thing, they, they, they get the sound effects right, um, which go a long way. Um, but the film, it's, it's like it almost refuses to give you any catharsis. Mm. You know, even, and... even when things do turn around, it's like, it's like, you know, it's it's over in a second, and and and, and she realizes mm. like, like, shit, this isn't working. <laughs> you know, this isn't doing yeah. anything to help me. Um, well, and... again, again, just before, like, there's like a, it's like a jang- jangle unchained scene mm. in the bar. Yeah, yeah. And again, even that's brutal, but it's like there's no. Like you say, it's like there's no payoff. It just you get that little bit of glimmer of hope, and then it just kicks in the bollocks and kicks you down again. Yeah, you know. And I, I, yeah, fair enough. That's what life's like. But do do people really want to spend two hours watching that? And it's, I don't it, know. It's difficult. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I, I think I think it's very well shot. It's very well acted. You know, the cast is great. Um, but, but do you uh, recommend uh, it? I, I, I've put down. I think it, I think it's brilliant but brutal. I think it is a very yeah, tough watch. Yeah. It's certainly not for everyone. Um, no, you know, in in any other context, the you know what what you're seeing would be sort of like car, cartoon villainy. You know, it would mm. be you would think go no, it's so over the top. But you know, with, with that context that gives you at the beginning. It's like yeah. no, this is this is exactly the sort of shit that went down, and yeah. the um, I think at the end as well, it sort of make you know makes a point of uh, naming the the people who who gave them those stories, you know, the, the, those memories yeah. as well, yeah. sort of, you know, which sort of cements it. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend it to everybody, and. <sighs> I think any, any any film that deals with you know with, with rape is going to be a hard sell for sure. Mm. Uh, but this isn't you know it's it's not exploitation at all. No, it's it's, it's, just, it's not gratuitous. It's just no. But it's just brutal. It's it's the fact. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 the fact that you know that because you know so things about rape and stuff. It's like. Um, it's it, it's more about power and dominance than it is about an act of, you know, a sex act as it yeah, were. Yeah, but, yeah. but this is something even more insidious because, you know, as Kelly says, you know, we're sort of, he says we're poisoning the well, and that yeah. can be read in, in a number of ways. Basically, is is, is what they're doing, but uh, and none of them good. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. it is just so, yeah, and and. I, I can see why they wanted to make that because this is the sort of part of Australia's history that most of us don't know about. You know, mm. I, mean, I, I had heard, I think I had read before about this sort of thing about them taking the um, the children of the First Nation and yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. making them, you know, be adopted by sort of white families to try and you know whiten them as it were. You know. To, um, to try and destroy their heritage, basically their heritage and their culture, um, and and it is. It, it, in fact, what it reminds me of a little bit is um, Braveheart, 
because mm. you know um, the, the king in that one had come up with this idea. Uh, so Long, Richard Longshanks had come yeah. up with this idea of you know when a Scotsman got married, then the local baron got to fuck the girl to try and get her pregnant with a British baby or you know an English baby, and it's, it's that kind of thing of trying to um, eradicate through the ages that you know a whole culture. It's um, yeah, it's well, yeah, fucking it's weird. Yeah, it's ethnic cleansing. You know, it's exactly yeah. what it is. You know, let's, let's call yeah. it what it is. It's ethnic cleansing. And yeah, it's, it's like I, I was angry on two levels watching this film. One, one at the, you know, the administration which had put this into, into force. And, and the other was, you know, the characters on screen who are yeah. exploiting it and reveling in it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a grim film. Um, but as I said, it, it's well shot. The, the there's not really any action scenes as such. So a, we do get uh, Waru sort of in um, in the jungle with his with his mate. That's, that's a decent mm. little scene. And yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's like what I say when we get this flashback to when um, Jara is a girl and learning to shoot, and she turns out to be a real crack shot. And you think, yes, you know, that's going to yeah, come in handy yeah, in the next yeah. few minutes of the film. <clears throat> <laughs> you know. <The> old- <laughs> The only other thing that, that didn't ring true to me mm. was the uh, like, like the redemption, you know, they keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's too quick. Not a chance. Yeah, not a chance. It's just too too quick. Um, I, I can kind yeah. of imagine it over time, but there's 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 no motive for him to do it. There's no motive well, for him to redeem I mean, as such. It's it's just you, like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. You get the you get the flashbacks <laughs> where you know you can see that he weren't a bad kid and mm. it's been drummed into him by his it's that, yeah, it's quantum of a dad. It's that but, word again, brutal, isn't it? He's been brutalized, yeah, you know, in, yeah. in, in indoctrinated. Yeah. But twelve hours ain't Gonna change not a good. lifetime, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it, I think they sort of like rushed that bit of, um, at the end, but yeah. But yeah, I, I think certain films keep doing this kind of trope though as well. The minute I've seen it quite a few times lately, mm. it's just you know, it's getting to be a trope, is what it you know yeah. is what the issue is. I must admit, you know, I wasn't expecting it because there's a scene when uh, Maggie. So the the large lady who helps them um, yeah. leaves leaves her gun on, on on this ledge by the river, and I thought, yeah. well, that was a mistake. <laughs> you know, that's that's going to come back to bite you, Maggie. But um, yeah. you know, th- things just don't turn out the way you think they're going to do. So yeah, exactly because it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, how are you going to score the flood? Right. Um, we'll do that again. Uh, how are you going to score the flood, Steve? I'm torn. I'm I'm going to give it a six mm-hmm. because it is it's well shot. You know, it's well produced. It's just like you say, you can't recommend it mm. as such. You know, you, you know, there's definitely people you you would I wouldn't recommend it to if you know what I mean. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to have to stick with a six. I'm I'm giving this a seven, mm. um, but but with a caveat, you know, with with a trigger warning, yeah. basically, you know, yeah. I just say after, we have to sort of 
I, I don't. I would hardly ever give out a trigger warning, except when it comes to rape. I think. Um, but there you go. Yeah. So certainly a good film. Um, but it is a brutal watch. I mean, me and Will watched uh, the the East a couple of weeks ago, the, um, which is the, mm. the uh, Netherlands film set in Indonesia, and and that has a brutal sort of finale as well with uh, in yeah. this village where they, you know just systematically murdering everyone this again it's it's grim um but again a very well made film um and, and I, I was kind of having flashbacks to that while I was watching this at times um yes yeah, so that is a six and a seven for the flood be warned there is an, a very extended uh harrowing sort of rape sequence in this film um but other than that um it's worth checking out it's a very well made film Our next review is Paranormal Prison. A paranormal investigation YouTube channel is getting ready to shut down if they don't have a video that goes viral in time. In this last ditch attempt, a long time mystery is solved. I was pleasantly surprised by this, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I was expecting you know, something really bargain basement, you know, um, mm. like a couple of other films we've done recently, sort of Last Exorcist, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but this this did surprise me. I thought I thought it had a, a good atmosphere, um, a, a decent cast and, and a decent story. Um, what did you make of this? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, really. It was, I thought the cast was very good, um, especially the douchebag presenter yeah, um, yeah. It, it was great it was annoying as hell but you know that's that was the point isn't it yeah yeah that's what you want yeah. and i think it was bargain basement in a way but mm. but it, it worked within its just, means but they worked, it? yeah. yeah exactly yeah they, they they worked with what they had and it worked quite well i mean the um the native american ghost prisoner thing or whatever Mm. That looked a little bit shonky, um, but I like the actual, you know, banter, wordplay between the characters. I thought that worked quite well. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of reminded me of like, um, you ever see Grave Encounters? Yes. Yeah. You know, that kind of vibe on it, but a bit mm. more fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, not not quite a cynical sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah, a bit knockabout, bit mm. bit of a laugh, and yeah, it was it was, it was I enjoyed it, I really enjoyed it. To be fair, there's one aspect which which annoyed me while I was watching it, and it it occurred to me after me afterwards um, that it was a stylistic choice to sort of parody the um, you know this this sort of YouTube. Thing or, or even yeah. sort of most haunted or whatever like that and and that is it, it, yeah. you know they'll find something or, or you know something will happen and then it'll jump back and and repeat it you know repeat a scene you've already seen to sort of emphasize it go huh mm. huh see we, we talked about yeah. that earlier now it's happening and i was like dude you don't really need to do that and i thought then i thought oh of course this this is exactly what they do on these yeah. kind of shows you know it's like oh we found something and then you know the rose or something like that. You know, it's like, and then flash back to when they discovered it earlier. So uh, okay, right, fine. 
But um, yeah, no, this this worked really well, and, and the you know um, the, the sort of twist at the end, I must admit, I spotted right right from the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was that was very obvious. Um, but again, very well done. You know, um, they yeah. the make they make a point of not showing his face. You know, whenever he's um, when it, whenever he's around, yeah, on, on yeah. screen as it were. So yeah, it, it did. It just worked. The, the setting was great. Um, it, it did feel like a proper program. You know, so yeah, I, I, I just I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And and again, it, it worked within the parameters of being one of those programs. Mm. Um, you know, by the end of it, um, they would never be able to continue being that show. Yeah. If, if, if like everyone died, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be shut down immediately. So um, I, I, th I thought that worked brilliantly, you know, overall. I was, I was genuinely surprised by this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I have to say, you know, me and the wife, we used to watch Ball Sorted all the time, you know, mm. back in the day. Uh, not that we're like mad ghosts, it was just a bit of fun, you know. We yeah, used to have a yeah, laugh of it, and um, it just fit into that metal, you know. It fit into that metal, and they did it, they did it right. Mm. And it wasn't too cynical, it was like I say, it, it was funny. It's one of them where you, you could really let the kids watch it because there's no swearing, you know, there's no blood. Or no, anything like it's, that. It's, no. It is a, a genuine sort of haunted house kind kind of scenario, isn't it? It, is a, it would yeah. have been a great one for Halloween, basically. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this 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 does it does the business for me. So, how how are you going to score it? Uh, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll give it a seven as well. Um, yeah, so two sevens for Paranormal Prison. Uh, we do recommend you check this one out. So I'm joined by my pal Will Bentley, and we're going to be discussing the disappearance at Lake Elrod. Um, so a year after Charlie's daughter disappears in the town of Elrod in Georgia, another girl goes missing and she's convinced there's a connection. Charlie draws suspicion and contempt from local law enforcement and townspeople as she stops at nothing to expose its most devastating and darkest secret. <sighs> okay, so um, I just sent you, Will, uh, a copy of the uh, the DVD cover for the UK release. This film was released in the US as Through the Dark, Through the Glass Darkly. Uh, it's been released here as uh, Disappearance at Lake Elrod. Um, and the DVD cover, I think, is is very disingenuous. Yeah, it it does not really. Um, it doesn't sell this film particularly well. It, it, it's for a different film. It, it really is, isn't it? It's, it? it's literally as if someone just gave somebody the title and said, do something with that, you know, without actually watching the film. Um, because what we've got here is a very solid, um, quite old-fashioned sort of gumshoe tale, you know, a sort of good hard-boiled detective story. Um where the the main protagonist uh, Charlie is, you know, this sort of downbeaten um, sort of woman who's lost her daughter herself, and you know hasn't given up, still trying to to to, to find her. Um, 
and we, we find out sort of various things about her. You know, she's in a gay relationship um, at the time. Uh, she, she's basically, you know, uh, the town drunk now. But she's mm. she's very tenacious and, she, you know, she's sure that something, you know, is between the two cases are, are related. I was actually reminded, watching this, of the film um, The Girl on the Train. Uh, yeah, which, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which which also had um, a similar sort of flawed protagonist, you know, uh, at, the, at its centre. Um, but yeah, I I was totally engrossed by this. You know, the uh, the the whole investigation that she gets involved in, um, you know, so one person tells her something and then that goes to see some other person as a result of that and that gets a bit more information, a bit more information, and you know, we, we get an idea of like. Well, we, we still don't know what's going on, but we get an idea of like, um, you know, that there's definitely some sort of conspiracy at play. Um, but let, let's, let's hear what you have to say about this uh, before we go any further. Yeah, I can only echo what you said, really. Um, you know, it's just weird that you, you thought of Girl on the Train because it was absolutely that kind of thing. It's not, not so much a flawed protagonist, but it's someone who can't, to be perfectly honest with you, is, is so... Uh, messed up and such a liability that it's mm. hard to see the protagonist at all. Mm. Um, you know, but like obviously they, she's she's got this mission, she's got this, you know, this this crusade. Um, you know, it's utterly righteous. But you're already think, thinking, well, you know, this is this this clearly feels hopeless. You know, she's no one's no one's interested. It's been too long. Another girl's disappeared. You know. Um, and they're not even talking about her daughter and stuff. You know, why does mm. everyone hate her? Then the sort of fingers of this kind of weird fingers of suspicion pointing pointing yeah. at her as well. Like the local law enforcement aren't just apathetic; they gen they generally kind of don't like her. <laughs> yeah. Kind of seem to think that she's in the in the you know in, in, you know not just an impediment, but kind of like they're, they're actively suspicious. Yeah, um, so, yeah. She kind of wanders around, kind of getting getting nowhere in terms of in terms of that. Um, her, her home life and family life is is a is a, well obviously after a child disappearance you know you're sort of mm -hmm. watching the talk to a partner and it's like oh that's a car crash as well mm -hmm. um, you know she sort of gets like beaten up and you know you sort of thinking of her do you remember was it Gabriel Byrne in Miller's Crossing yeah yeah you know, all all happened was he kind of wandered around being sort of yeah <laughs> beaten up <laughs> like, verbally and physically abused and like well yeah that's that's kind of that that's that's uh, that's our hero's investigative technique as well. It is, yeah. <laughs> Basically, sort of like um, lulling them into a false sense of security, <laughs> thinking, thinking that you're not a threat, um, yeah. and, and just you know, just gathering up the information that you're so sort of glibly sort of giving out. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, it, and it, I'll I'll be I'll be honest when the you know when the um, the you know the, the the sidekick the journalist turns up yes um you know it, it, it really that really that really worked because it wasn't so much a buddy thing as that they barely kind of had any time <laughs> for no. each other for quite a long time and they were so different but the in, like that interplay um between the you know between the characters was just was just i just think this was really this was a really interesting and unique thing because mm. she, was, she was so messed up in ways that it kind of only get revealed more and more um as the thing goes on hmm. um, and you know and, and it, she's yeah she's fascinating to she's fascinating to watch and also it's really it's really uncomfortable because that whole 
she's having those flashbacks, you know, seeing the sort of thinking that she's seeing a daughter everywhere. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then and then she has to snap back to reality and just kind of carry on with it. Mm. And, and like stuff. The, the nightmare is still continuing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a film of it's a it's a brilliant film with a mm. with gradual reveals that really just carry on surprising you. I was really you know because there was a point at which I'm thinking it's taking a supernatural turn. Mm. You know, um, and you'd almost sort of you'd, you'd almost think, well, maybe that would excuse this incredibly incongruous DVD cover. Indeed, yeah, there is that side to it as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That you know, that at first you, you, you're not sure where it's going to go, mm. um, and in in that regard, it reminded me of an, a, another film, um, a, a Korean film called Mother, which which came out a few years ago, um, where this this sort of middle aged woman or even older woman mm. is trying to prove her son's innocence because mm. he's been earmarked from you know he's suspected for murder yes and you know at first she's getting nowhere but suddenly you know these little bits of information start to congeal which show that shit actually he's been, you know maybe he's been framed sort of thing and yeah. similarly here you know the, it, it like when when she gets um, brought into the sheriff's office and he, he drops something it's like well clearly it's not her that's doing this yeah. it's so you know um you know she is being set up um and i did like the the you know as you mentioned the journalist um uh, amy I, th I thought she was brilliant yes. in this um as well and th there's some really interesting um sort of fe feminist touches to this the the, the fact that amy is very acerbic when she keeps calling a darling yeah. a darling <laughs> don't put up with any misogynist shit i don't care if it's you know from a woman or not and i thought yeah that, that's exactly it isn't it you know the, the fact that they've got so used to these terms mm. that even the women are using it with each other you know yeah. it may maybe not meaning it in the same way but you know it carries that same weight so so it was sort of like really interesting when she speaks up about that again. Don't don't call me darling. So she switches to honey, which is quite amusing. But yeah, there's there's another interesting and and depressing slice of life to this uh, when she goes to this um, strip club out of town yeah. to try and get some information. She ends up sort of saving this this uh, stripper outside. Um, it turns out the person she, she kind of saves her from is, is her own abusive husband. Yeah, and that she was weird. And she, yeah, and she has to sort of, she, she gives her a lift home, knowing, you know, knowing full well that her husband is going to come home and yeah. be really pissed. That was <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. I was going to say, because she, when when she the stripper gets out of the car mm. and goes in, and she's like, "Oh, he's going to be all he's going to be all pissed off," mm. and, then, and then she turns around to her and says, "You know, you be safe." And it's like, "Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, kettle calling pot black here, mate." Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I think get, back in the, get back in the car. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. 
Yes, um, that 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 was uh, very interesting as well. Um, we're, obviously, you know, we're not we're not going to give away the the film's revelations, um, which are tragic, you know, um, and heartbreaking, but but very much in keeping with this style of film and the, and the sort of you know there there are some big films which this has echoes of. Mm. Um, uh, de definitely. So, so yeah, the, the things that do sort of come up are, um, you know, pretty, pretty terrible, basically. Yeah. But, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it has to be terrible in order for it to work, sort of thing. You know, it has to be something that um, somebody wants to keep real secret. Um, yeah. The other, the, the yeah. other thing as well is what we do find out is that, you know, there, there are other victims. Basically, yes, you know the, the one they they come across is neither girl basically as well. So it's so, like, yeah, it's it's pretty awful. Um, yeah, but it's like you say this for for a film to for it to have the weight that it that it has, which I think it carries, you know, admirably. In, mm. You know, in in this is is it, you know it had to be it had to be something really dark, and it's the darkest subject matter imaginable, really. Mm. And and it's I think it. You know, it, it, it's done really well. It's it's you know, it's it's done with the gravitas that it really deserves. Um, like all the way through, there's personal and social kind of tragedies and and horror. You know, it's not it's not. I think that there was a, a great deal of care taken for this not to be, you know, an exploitative. It's not exploiting your feelings or fears or or sensibilities. It's just it's presenting because this stuff happens and it's presenting. Yeah, yeah. The impact of it, like the real life impacts of this 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 kind of stuff, really really sensitive yeah. with everyone that it, everyone it portrays. With that, the um, uh, what was her name? Was it Belinda, the the prostitute in the trailer park, the one oh, they yeah. go and see? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like the living embodiment of just how damaging certain things that are explored in this film are. Mm. It, it's just, it's just really sensible and really really clever, but it's not shoving it down your throat. It's not sanctimonious. You know what I mean? It's just a a bloody good thriller actually hmm. the one thing i mean yeah we, we, the one thing just thinking about it what this film does highlight is just how inept the america's police system is in 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 dealing with these sort of things yeah and dealing with the sort of abuse that goes on um, oh, I mean, this was a special case because like hmm. The, the, the sheriff was oh he's just bent as fuck yeah i know but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but even so you know you just got you just get the impression that the whole police force for this town is like two guys it um, anyone else <laughs> it was literally two guys for the you know maybe um for a town of like i don't know it's like ten thousand people maybe yeah but yeah, yeah the, the, the actual the, the sheriff as he's as you you know said is 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 less than an upstanding law enforcement officer <laughs> and, and his subordinate is just completely wet behind the ears and clueless yeah that's uh yeah basically um yeah you, you could certainly tell because you know uh amy who, who's not a police officer as far as we know um you know, it's it's constantly berating him to his face. So uh, you know, it, it was quite amusing. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the, the, there's one particular character. I mean, the, the um, uh, 
the character of Trip uh, Carmichael is talked about a lot. Um, he's, he's one of these characters who sort of built up, mm. even though he's absent for a lot of the film. You know, we, we find out a lot about him um, as the film goes on, but he's he's kept off screen for for a lot of it, which which is again is is, is um, you know interesting, and of course he would be because the film's taking Charlie's point of view for the whole film. So, you, need, uh, you need to see it from the bottom because the whole point is is that 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 he's being built up because he's this this particular character. This this mm. you know, he is untouchable. He is the teflon do you know what i mean and yeah yeah and, exactly and, it, and it's like and, and he's the money person and he's yeah. powerful and he's the big fish in a small pond sort of thing yeah. <laughs> around at the bottom yeah. just trying to just trying to get things done and realizing that you know you, unless you, you, you never you're not going to get close kind of thing um and then when he does turn up he's exactly what you'd expect mm, exactly yeah definitely um I don't really want to say too much more about the film because you know um, that there's there's a lot to enjoy here. It's, it's about an hour and forty minutes long, um, mm. but it's it, you know it's it's full of really really interesting scenes. The one thing that did annoy me a little bit, and and somebody said ages ago that you know in any story. Um, a happy ending is only happy because that's where you decided to end the story. Yeah, yeah. And and this film has its happy ending, but then it just pushes past that to the next day. You know, um, have you ever read the Have you ever read the uh, the Princess Bride? Yeah, ages ago. Yeah, because because in fact this is where that came from. I'm sure of it. Um, because the sort of saying, you know, the, the heroes, you know, they rescue the princess, get on the horses and ride, ride away. Um, but what we're reading is the sort of like the abridged version of the original story. And, you know, the original version then goes, yeah, but then an ego's wounds opened up and you know, <laughs> the horses got tired and, and, and the, you know, the, the prince's men started to catch up with them the next day. So we have a happy ending in this film, but then we get this extra scene which sort of calls back to the beginning but also calls back to the middle and um, one of the revelations that we find out about Charlie and it, it's just a very uh what's the word I'm looking for here it, it it's not exactly it's it's kind of bittersweet you know it, it's 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 melancholic it's like oh shit <laughs> you know somebody's gonna have to explain this um which, which is horrible you know um imagine having to relive that it's almost like yeah. it's like 50 first dates but yeah I mean, you know, 50 first nightmares without wanting to give too much away it's like yeah, yeah. you know but that's the reality this is something else i wanted to say there's actually so much that i wanted to that you know i wanted to kind of allude to with this film mm. that there's a lot of reasons why it's very now um and that kind of situation of re as a, re a reality for like millions of people living with that is one of them and it's it's actually really quite there's a lot of poignant stuff in there that's like mm. oh yeah sh you know that's what it would be like i suppose you know that you're experiencing that and it, you know and, it, and it's actually really it's really it's really good it's mm. really it's really, in terms of an awareness raising thing for something that i don't actually want to make our listeners aware of <laughs> 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 film. 
it's brilliant, yeah. you know, brilliant device. I, I'm I'm sort of in two minds about it. On on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, I I, I can understand. You know, it's 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 a real it's it's quite a realistic film. You want to sort of show the reality, but at the same time, I'm thinking after what you've put the characters through. Not, give you, you know, give him a break. <laughs> you know, just let's pretend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. But other than that, it's, this is absolutely solid. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I wasn't sure. You know, as, with a lot of these films, you're just not sure what you're going to get. Um, but but this is a true gem. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I love this sort. Of, I love that sort. Of, you know, investigative, investigative, sort of um, procedural kind of stuff. And and this gives us some some really interesting characters to work with. Mm. I'd fully expect to see this being really well received on TV, like mm. on a on a streaming, on a streaming channel. Yeah, uh, a late night, you know, kind of sort of itv yeah well channel channel 4 bbc2 kind of stuff you know it's, it's, it's a sort of it you know if it can almost see this as like being it, it feels like one of those sort of scandinavian yes sort of thrillers you know it, um because it's in that sort of stark kind mm. of um you know environment which which i really enjoyed as well there we you gone no, no, I'm still here. I was just, I was just agreeing. I think, right. yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a film. It's a real, it's a real movie, and it's, and it's really well shot. It's really professionally handled. Um, yeah. The, the, it's seamlessly directed. Um, you know, it's really, it's, 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 it is, it's, it's meant like say you don't always know what you're going to get, and it's not trying to be too out there with, with like, you know, a contemporary score that kind of mm. drills into your ears and you know, mad camera angles or weird soundscapes that, you know, are sort of jarring or mm. whatever. It's just really smoothly and smoothly done and it tells a story with really, really interesting and vivid characters and it just tells it well. And Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how are you going to score this one? Um, it's, it's, it, to be honest with you, it's, a, it, it, it's another eight from me. Um, I don't even, actually, to be honest with you, I don't even know why I'm being mean. I think I, I just... I know that we've got to be conservative and, you know, because you wait for something to come along that, that it's going to be like a, a it, is it a nine or a 10? I think it's, I think it's an easily an eight. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it's, it's certainly one, it, 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 this has been a strong week for stuff. Um, I mentioned another film to you that we're covering in the next episode, um, which also kind of blew me away. So, um but yeah, this is head and shoulders above a lot of the stuff that we do. We, we end up having to watch. So I'm also joining you on an eight, and this definitely gets a, a big slapping recommendation from us. Please check it out when it when it um, arrives. That is the disappearance at Lake Elrod. <laughs> Our next review is Coven. A group of witches helps one of its own invoke the powers of the ancient demon Ashura. But when the evil spirit possesses the body of one of the girls and a power is released, it's up to a former Coven to stop her before it's too late. Uh, Rich, we've done a few um, sort of low budget horrors recently, like The Last yeah. Exorcist. This yeah. kind of fits into that 
that vein, but I, I think this is a bit, a bit of cut above uh, for the most part. It certainly starts brilliantly with the, um, the initial ritual and everything. I thought that was all done really well. But a lot mm. of the film is sort of spent, um, you know, we just it's sort of college drama, isn't it? Yeah, and the it's you know it's kind of funny because we're back in 1996 when the craft came out. Mm. There was a there was a DTV movie called Little Witches, which essentially it, it was either conceived at the same time or it was it was you know intentionally trying to ride the coattails, uh, and that was quite a memorable film in itself. And what we had here when the craft kind of belated sequel slash reboot came along mm. is this is kind of been just as gestated at the same time now obviously there's been loads of other you know young witches kind of movies and whatever oh, in between. Sure. it just sort of seemed that that was the vibe i was getting from this was that it was you know uh, an effort to sort of say ride the coattails cash in yeah however it, you want it, to say it, it on it does feel like it's been made for a very specific audience. Yeah, and and I think I know what you mean there because I, I'm going to say the, the the thing that sort of really jumped out at me with this was that it was a that a lot of it was about um, the girls, how they look, how they dress, and how they undress. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of like getting changed or dressing up, and you know, all that is is like a few of them in a warehouse or something. Yeah, and, and yet they're putting a lot of effort into, you know, or the or the or the makeup, you know, makeup and mm. costume department or whatever are putting a lot of effort into how they are presented to the audience, um, or they're presenting them to themselves. I'm not sure, but I it, I was sort of thinking, is this like a you know, it, it, you know, it's just like a male fantasy kind of thing, mm. but but it's but it, what's what's curious is that it's actually written and directed by women. Yeah. So is this like a, a an erotic sort of empowerment kind of thing that they were going for? I mean, I, I yeah. me watching it, it just sort of <laughs> seemed a bit not, not exploitative, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, and it, it does sort of feel like, um, yeah, this is this is aimed at sort of, I don't know, sort of teen lesbian goth girls basically <laughs> um, who like to glam up a bit and you know wear, wear thigh length boots and. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not like you know, like it's so. Got, if it's made for the LGBT community mm. or, or whatever, like um, you know, Bit for example, yes, which was a really, really, really great um, sort of Lost Boys riff. Mm -hmm. You know, that had a lot of, of Clark, you know, a lot of class. Whereas this sort of seems a bit too much of a you know, flashing the flesh kind of heading towards Cinemax kind, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's so it's very uh, sort of a very nineties mm. or early nineties. Mm. sort of thing which is quite funny because you know because of the whole that's the mid 90s that's where the craft sort of you know sort of came from and everything sure. but if you compare it to something like the witches of amateurville mm. which we watched uh, a while Last back year? yeah it was, it was quite a few it's quite a long time yeah. ago quite you know mm. in the in the near uh, recent past the um that film's got very strong female characters in it as well you know so that, that's mm. like i think it's pretty much exclusively a a female cast in that movie, uh, much like this one, really. Mm. But it didn't see. I, I know there were problems with the film that you know, very, you know, to various degrees that each of us had. But yeah. there, there wasn't anything that felt, you know, ex, ex, 
exploitative feels like the wrong word, but you know, lurid, um, lurid. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. And I think that's that's this film's kind of downfall. There's some really, you know, um, there's some interesting stuff happening. It is low budget. Uh, it's um, shot um, in a lot of sort of yeah, like they gather in like these warehouse sort of locations and stuff. And then yeah. at, at the very end of the movie, there's like a nighttime. Uh, in the middle of Oklahoma, in in the middle of Oklahoma, town, yeah. uh, thing. But yeah, the most of it is sort of like the small town, sort of on the outskirts of the of the college kind of thing. And it's there's some interesting dynamics between the characters and stuff. I'm not saying it's a bad film. Um, there's some quite I, I quite like the the uh, the villain, you mm-hmm. know, the, the the main sort of evil witch character, and you know what you know what inevitably is going to happen with her character. Not even really obvious, but she was really, there was definitely kind of a Feruza Balk sort of. Yeah. vibe with her who was the main sort of bad character in or one of the characters in in the craft she's, she's really cool and and also a bit like them um, say the strong sort of alpha kind of i know you've got alpha alpha male yeah. but the alpha female character who's um you know sort of sort of, sort of leading and you know really you know it's it there's a lot of bitchiness in the movie which again yeah, that's kind of a it, bit of it's a that sort of frat girl kind of thing isn't it yeah so, you know yeah, that very clicky sort of um sort of group basically yeah so but, i think you're right i think it is it's playing to a, a particular crowd and i think if you if for the for the casual horror viewer i, I think it's it does it it's not i don't know i mean i've i I'm, a, I'm really in sort of different minds about this. I mean, it reminds me of other things like David Dakota's movies, which mm. um, our friends yeah, Dave Wayne, Werewolves of Wall Street, the guy, yeah, yeah. yeah, Werewolves of Wall Street and stuff. You know, where they're, the, you know, it's the the sort of fleshiness, the sort of the erotic. Yeah. But that's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? With the, with the with the out the outsider yeah. being brought in to to, to this exactly. very clicky group sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's that that's a convention, isn't it? The um, of, of of many many. You know, bit, sort of teen bit, movies exactly like the yeah, outside kind of Mean <laughs> Girls, or whatever, or, yeah. or 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 Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift even does that. You know, it's like the the outsider comes in uh, and you know forms the unit and you know discovers things along the way and yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, I thought the lead actually the the, the girl in that 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 role. You know, mm. the what's interesting is the the uh, the ensemble. Are a bunch of characters who you, you really can't see being friends. They're just too different. Mm. You know, you've got, and they're always bad. You know, the different ones bad mouth. It's it's a lot like Heather's, and yeah, uh, yeah. there's yeah. there's the um, there's the sweet one. You know, who's trying to who seems who seems like genuine or whatever. But then there's all this like mirth and stuff yeah, happening, she's and she's just like not yeah. really that phase. But and you're like, well, yeah. that sort of contradicts your your character is quite confused there. Because mm. <laughs> well, I, I, I think they someone, sold it. It's like, oh, oh no, we, we didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident, sort of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay then. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And what? then the girl who becomes sort of like the yeah, because uh, as with the the new craft, the say the new um, mm. what's it called? I can't remember the craft legacy. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the same th- in that movie, it's like there's a new girl comes into the school. We need you to complete our coven, and that's mm. exactly what this is. It's like we've lost the fifth member of the coven. We need another one. Yeah, and I think which is interesting because in this one it's the last one, but didn't yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's isn't in this one it's like five witches and they're, they're yeah, after yeah. the fifth whereas in the craft legacy the coven is four so quite why one you know why couldn't they be four in this <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know enough about witchcraft to know what, what, what whether a coven 
needs to reach a particular quota for any particular yeah. reasons but uh, but i thought that was interesting so the plots are basically the same but and, if, yeah. and the craft legacy to sort of mention that as an aside that's quite a fun film uh, it's got sort of a, a very silly sort of obvious twist at the end um, mm. and stuff but this one is i think if you got if you're going to look for a low budget craft movie, you know, check out, see if you can find Little Witches. Cause I think that, mm. that had a, I think Clea Duval was even in that. It's, it's got, that's got quite a good cast. Really, yeah. really. That was quite memorable at the time. I remember when it came out and uh, I think I liked Little Witches more than the craft, to be honest. I think it's and, just the uh, title, isn't it? The title just makes me think it's a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah. Little Witches is not a good title. It's, it does. Yeah. It does make you think of like, um, those cheap sort of Disney knockoff, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, or my talking cat kind of thing, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, sort of, um, mm. you know, like a like a Casper, Casper the Friendly Ghost sort of DTV movie yeah. sort of thing. But no, it's it's like a fifteen, it's like a fifteen rated uh, high flyers release. I think so it was pretty cool at the time. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so going back, track. yeah, getting you back onto this one. Yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. one of the things I did like actually was the whole incantations and the rituals mm. and things. Like mm. they seem to be well written. Um, you know the whole thing, yeah. And there's an element of you know you, you mentioned the fact that these bunch of girls, you know, you can't see them actually being friends. I I, I think the intention was that they weren't meant to be friends in the first place. It's just that mm. they were descendants from that original coven right. who've been sort of drawn together. Yes. You know. Um, so yeah, they, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think two of the you know the, the main one and and her girlfriend, you know, and the everyone else is like. Dis disposable sort of thing when it, you know that's, that's it's like the the, it's again like you were saying about the whole frat well, not mm. not frat because that's matter uh, what's it um sorority yeah so it's like a sorority culture yeah, yeah. where there's like the legacies they're mm. like the legacies and then there's got they got the new one come in and whatever all that sort of so, now they don't really lean into the college movie kind of conventions which is quite mm. interesting because it's all set there but you don't you, i think they they don't even show no. them going to classes or no, no, interacting with any of the other students or anything i don't think well i think well the the, the new girl does doesn't she 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 goes yes, to one she class does. And, and obviously yeah. you know she because she meets the teacher on that but mm. um there's there one other thing I, I liked as well when um she turns around to somebody at some point yeah she turns around to the um you know the tarot reader and says, you better get out of here. They're going to come. And she goes, yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not this like, oh, I'll stay with you and help you fight. It's like, no, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is which is refreshing to be to be fair. You know, um, we need to see more stuff like that. It's like, you know, you're my best friend. I'll stay around and help you. It's like, no, go. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about like the bar scene when they were like unleashing their powers? Oh, that was... Yeah, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it it it's pandering to to a certain thing, isn't it? It's it's, it's that sort of um, misogynist sort of power play kind of mm. thing. Yeah, you know, uh, really. yeah. But it was it was fun. You know, it's always fun seeing someone like that getting taken down a peg or two. Um, the the other interesting thing, which which sets us apart from a lot of these films, is that all of these girls are fully um aware of their powers and you know it's, it's not a case of oh we're, we're just sort of learning what we're doing sort of thing we have to test them out or anything it's like no no we we've been doing this for a while we know what we're doing um 
there's another early scene when when, when um, the sort of the brainy one, and I'm sorry, but we've forgotten all the names. You know who who's who, but um, the brainy well, one. We got Ronnie as the lead, yeah. the, the leader of them. She she yeah. casts a spell to find the new girl, and mm-hmm. at first I don't think it works. And it is a really good camera shot where the um, the flame was the flame from the candle sort of shoots across the road and, and hits her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just thought that that particular scene was just so well done, you know, because the, the timing of it was was brilliant. Uh, it sort of married up the effect with her sort of like you know dropping other books and shit. I thought that worked really well. Mm-hmm. And then we get that that finale in in you know in a street, you know, a, of a small town, sort of. Where well, say it's Tulsa, Oklahoma, is where, yeah. where it is. But I thought that, I thought that was pretty pretty decent. And again, it, it sort of sets it apart from some of these other films that we've been watching. Like you know, the last Exorcist, and and the fact that you know there is one of the cast members was in both as well. So so you know that that there is a link between those two <laughs> films. But yeah, how are you going to score this one, Rich? Uh, I'm. I don't. I think it would be remiss to give it anything less than a six. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's certainly you know certainly decently made. Uh, some, you know, uh, praise for the hair and makeup too. I mean, Ron, uh, uh, Jennifer. Uh, Chipola or Cipola, I'm not sure how to mm. pronounce her name, uh, as Ronnie. She's a pretty stunning character, really commands the screen. Yeah. She's really good. Uh, and the supporting cast are really, well, not support, not just the supporting cast, but you know, like the the other the the yeah, the I other leads and, and and you know the ensemble. They all you know do quite well. And and I think there's I think there's enough to uh, there's enough to you know to recommend it if you're if you're interested in this kind of movie it's just know know what you're getting going in i think is that yeah. you know it's it's, it's a craft it, light essentially it, that's right it's 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 low budget you know but it it does it does what it can with the effects and things but it's mainly about the characters and uh, how they interact and yeah there are some decent moments like the the opening ritual and what happens there i thought, I thought the effects around that was sort of really well done so yeah, I'm going to join you on a six. So that's two sixes for Coven. Go check it out. Our next review is Lore. A woman searches for her missing son in a remote wilderness with the help of her estranged husband and a Native American friend. When an evil creature starts to hunt them, their journey becomes a fight for survival. Um, I disagree with that last sentence, but we'll get into that shortly. Um, this is it's it's this has a very measured pace. Yes, very it. measured. Very measured. Um, it's not to say it's slow pace, but um, people take their time saying what they want to say. You know, yeah. there are, there are long pauses as people sort of mull over their words and come up with stuff, um, which which I you know, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy this um, for the most part. Uh, there is one sequence which we'll, we'll come on to, which I, I'm pretty sure was. Um, I'm kind of hoping it was studio interference because it really didn't need it. Um, but this is it's the sort of genre I like, um, you know, so it's, we're in the great outdoors and there's some sort of um, sort of ancient sort of threat in, in, in the area. But um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's a, it's a very strange film, very enigmatic ending. 
but uh, very well done. Uh, Rich, your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a slow burn. It's 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 a lot better than Yeti, uh, which mm-hmm. we, which was which we covered a, a while back, mm-hmm. which is also a um, creature in the woodsy kind of movie. Although that was like Snowy Woods. Yeah. Um, the... you, didn't get, you didn't get to see Bigfoot Hunters, did you? That we covered last week. No, no. Uh, the, the... I, I recommend that. That's good fun. But um, the this one is. Uh, you know, from the cover, the, from, we'll talk about the, the UK uh, mm. artwork. It's um, it looks like it's a, a Bigfoot movie, basically, yeah. but it, it's not it's really, really. It's not quite. It's it's a different kind of creature. Not. I thought it was going to be Chupacabra or something, but it's. Um, yeah. I think it's got like a different name, or even a Wendigo kind of thing. You know? Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, it's it's a slow burn, but the, the thing it's one of those movies that you know it's like a Mark Kermode always says you know like Jaws it's not a movie about a shark you know mm. it's 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 about something it's got a shark in it and you know the shark is the sort of central motivator and whatever but this that's the kind of the story with this one this is a character piece essentially yeah. it's a, a, a character study uh, I should say um, it's about grief you know it's about letting go it's about obsession. Mm. Um, that kind of thing. It, the 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 creature is kind of there as a as an anchor or as, as a focus, you know. And and the, the the UK artwork, which I think you know, it's really striking. It's actually um, one of the best covers I've seen for a while in terms of sort of really capturing my catching my attention. Mm. Um, the uh, uh, but if you look at the uh, original poster, this this from t- two thousand seventeen. If you find it on um, IMDb, it, it's a very different. Um, very different kind of poster c- c- casts a completely different impression Absolutely. of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and some of the other artwork I found, you know, from like when it was been shown at festivals and things like that, also um, gives it more of a sort of sort of Native American legend kind of thing. Yeah. Going on yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the. Um, uh, there's a, there's another poster with sort of a hiker in the woods kind of image. Mm. It, it, it reminded me of a number of things. So oh, yeah. Yeti was one, but yeah. it's a there's a lot of Blair Witch kind of feeling here. Yeah, without the shaky cam, we should we should stress yeah. this is a you know properly shot film. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they don't go the found footage or, or anything like that. It's um it's it's properly documented. Uh, there's the um I'm I'm thinking specifically of like there's a there's a there's a, a moment in the the film when you know it's dark and, and something's in out in the mm. out in the um uh in the distance yeah they sort of they, it's like they can see it or they can't see it and whatever and there's a lot of anxiety uh and you know the the, the guide who's leading them you know he's doing them a favor uh, he doesn't really think they're necessarily going to find their son mm. but he's trying to really trying his best to help him but he gets he's, he's like he gets to the point where he's like I can go no further, and mm. it, it kind of moves on from from that. Uh, Never hike alone. The um, Friday the Thirteenth fan yeah. film also came to mind because that's again it's a bit more about it become it becomes like quite a solitary. You know, it's about small numbers of characters, like one or two, you mm. know, out in this situation, uh, and you know where it takes them. And as you say, the ending of Law is quite enigmatic. You know. You, yeah, which also brought to mind something like, um, in a very different way, the descent. Mm. You know, where you're sort of questioning, you know, is is yeah. is this her mental? Are we, are we are we witnessing her mental state, or are we witnessing has she has has something happened? You know, has she yeah. moved into like a, a another 
plane or something you know it, you know is she dead is she alive you know that that cause so there's, there's a lot to be interpreted you know you could take it just as you could take it uh, as at face value or you could bring something you can bring something to it so um mm. i think that's quite intriguing i think it's a lot better than you might anticipate it's going to be going in especially when you get eric roberts at the beginning yeah. <laughs> and you, you think oh because we've got a certain standard for what eric roberts films are like but actually i think the you know the it's a it's it's good you know that they they're using very limited resources you know it's a small cast low budget mm-hmm. but they've created something which is um as you say uh enigmatic and intriguing uh, and not your typical uh, horror movie by any stretch of the imagination no absolutely and you know i, I was really shocked when I, when I saw the uh, the uk cover for this because uh, i'm thinking really where did you get this idea from <laughs> um and, and the only thing i can think of this there's, there's a scene I don't know, about the midpoint where something comes along and sort of stamps out their campfire. Mm-hmm. And it is a real, it's a case of real bad CGI. And I got the impression it was something the producers or someone said, we need an actual creature in this film. You know, we need to, we need to actually see something. Uh, and so that scene was sort of put in last minute i'm hoping mm. that's the case because it, it 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 did feel out of sync with the rest of the film for me i know what you mean yeah and it didn't really lead anywhere did it no yeah you, no. exactly i mean you know stuff happens to the characters stuff happens, yeah yeah but you know <laughs> but but not in that sort of way but not in yeah not in that big confrontation with a creature kind of <laughs> thing no. it's, it's a it's a very it, it pat things pan out in, in quite mm. a, you really it, it's hard you know it's not like a Blair, it's not Blair Witch in terms of you know it's got like a real downer sort of ending mm. or or anything like that. It's 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 yeah, yeah it's, it's it plays intriguing. with your expectations you know, as well. Yeah, it plays with your expectations because you know certain things happen during the film and it's it's sold one way and then it's revealed at the end to be something completely different. Um, you know, and and it sort of plays on your expectations and your own sort of again, like um, uh, uh, what's what's the remake we saw at the beginning of the year? Wrong turn. Oh yeah. So yeah. so you know that film was all about sort of like you know um, sort of the characters' prejudices and assumptions. Yeah. Being you know you, um, getting them in trouble and and. and to a certain degree, that's the case here. You've got these people who are isolated and the stuff's going on around them and you think, well, what's going on? So you assume certain things when certain things are revealed. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the film, we find out that actually that's not the case. You know, something else was going on as well, which is which is good. I thought if, if that any of that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense if you've seen it. But um, yeah, to anyone listening, is that... You're gibberish, mate. Yeah, um, no. It, it was, <laughs> so, like we're saying, it's a it's a monster movie, but it's not a monster movie because it's more about the characters. It's about the subtext. Uh, yeah. It's it's about their personal journeys rather than or or specifically one character's mm. personal journey at the focus. Yeah. Um, rather than be, you know, this isn't, um, you know, like Halloween is in my mind. You know, like because I've watched that recently. You know, the, you know mm. Jamie Lee Curtis you know, strong female character having a big showdown kind of with the, with the, you know, the, the, 
the thing she's seeking mm. uh, in and in this case and there's you know when that there's nothing like that here there's you know the the, the cover you know indicates like the monster and there's a, don't go in expecting a monster movie in a, in the typical sense it, yeah, this yeah. is more of a uh, this is more of a drama absolutely but very atmospheric at the same time mm. yeah. yeah how are you going to score this one rich uh, i'm going to give it another six out of ten mm-hmm. um yeah i'm going to join you on a six i believe yeah so two it's not quite a seven it's almost a seven it's but, almost you know, yeah you know it's, it's at the seven. other end from from uh, uh what was the other one the coven yeah coven yeah it's yeah. not it's it's a different kind of movie, but uh, yeah, I think I think the Coven give you know there's a there's more bits in there maybe to that will yeah. reward the casual viewer, whereas this is kind of a, this is a slow burn. Kind it's a of slow thing. burn, and as I yeah. said, it has a very measured pace. Even the way the characters talk at times, you know, there there are long pauses while they sort of actually consider what they're going to say. And, you know, if, if you're a bit impatient, you might get a bit sort of uh, annoyed by it, I guess. But but I know I, 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 I totally gelled with this. So two sixes for Laura. Go check it out. Our next review is the Haddonfield Nightmare. This is a fan film based on the Halloween series. Uh, following the events of Halloween H2O, John Tate must once again come face to face with Michael Myers 22 years after his encounter with him when he was in pursuit of his mom, Kerry Tate, also known as Laurie Strode, in Summer Glen, California in 1998. Um, fan film, as I mentioned, Rich, um, this is very well done, I have to say. I'm not familiar with H2O. Um, or resurrection. In fact, my my Halloween um, knowledge is, is a bit spotty. I've seen the first three, and I've seen the first four, mm-hmm. and then uh, the 2018 version and its sequel, um, Halloween Kills. So, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, the characters which appear in this one, I had no clue who they were. Okay. Um, but anyway, having said that, other than the opening sequence. I thought this was very well done. Um, it, it, it does sort of, you know, put together a, a pretty decent story. And and actually, it keeps Michael Myers off the screen for about 22 minutes, uh, other than that opening sequence. It, it, it takes its time before sort of revealing him again. It, it mm. sort of establishes a lot of the characters and, and their motivations and what they're up to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite on board with this one at the moment. So over to you. Yeah, no, it, you're right. It definitely does take its time. It, and I think one of the great things about it is that when, you know, like you're saying, when Michael is off screen for quite a long period of time, that it's not a big deal. You know, the, hmm. the, the film manages to keep its, uh, keep its pace, keep your interest, because this is not a... You know, fan films vary between like a few minutes and like uh, generally a few mm. minutes and like 40 minutes, 44, 45 minutes yeah. uh, as a general rule. Um, but this is a full length feature, uh, 80 minutes. And I don't think it drags uh, at all uh, in any places. I think it's pr- it's pretty good. I mean, working on a really small budget, um, mentioning like um, uh, that it's 
you know where it stands next to some of the other films i mean what i think is interesting is we've sort of got used to big budget halloween movies mm. especially recently but you know you go back to the original with john carpenter he didn't have a huge amount to work with true and i think that's what's this is kind of so even though this is really low budget and you could see it as i don't even see it as, as really kind of like an inferior you know it's not amateurish at all not not it's, at all it's no no it's more it's definitely in the same sort of realm i would say as the features that we've been talking about earlier like um like coven, coven and, and, and Lord no, I, I was thinking and exactly stuff. the same thing when i was watching it you know this is so if if it wasn't for the the copyright issues you know i, I could easily see this outperforming something like coven and, and uh yeah, law or even paranormal prison. It's it is a very solid entry, and and, and I mean I, I haven't seen how many are there. I mean I, I haven't seen five and six. But there's yet. twelve in total. But there's lots of different there's remakes. Different there's there's yeah. a lot of zombie ones as well. Yeah. Steve, you had a question earlier uh, that I um, cut you off. Yeah, on. I think I'll, sorry, Matt kind of answered it in the in the what's it? Because you're saying it's carrying on from H two O, and I was just wondering, you know. Because I thought I've not seen Resurrection, but I thought it started straight away. Yeah, from the end of H2O. And do you remember how H two O ended? Was, uh, actually, yes. yes. Now, if I remember rightly, because it's it's an ambulance crash, isn't it? Yes. This changes. If, if what I've heard is correct, yeah. if what I've heard is correct, at the beginning of Resurrection, it's not actually Michael in the mask. It's the ambulance driver, and he's changed. Yeah, he's uniforms. Michael swapped them yeah. over basically. Is what yeah. is what they came yeah. up with to, to sort of get around the, the bedding. <laughs> um which I thought was um to sort of sidetrack, I thought that was something that they just suddenly decided to do for resurrection. But it what that yeah. wasn't the case at all, apparently. It was when they were filming H2O, they said, mm. Okay, you can film this ending, but you have to shoot these scenes that show that he lived. So that we can use those scenes yeah. in a in a later sequel. So, um, yeah. Right. The, now, here's a problem I've got with this: is that it's it is a con it's a continuation of H two O, and apparently seemingly ignoring Resurrection. Right. But I don't think the continuity makes any sense, um, or at least it's not articulated well enough for me. I mean, the 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 two. I really like the film. I think it's very strong. I think the kills are good. I think the cinematography is really good and everything. I think there's a couple, there's some problems with the story uh, and the way things act, pan out and some of the character decisions and that. But I think the beginning and the end are my two gripes. I think the the start doesn't make sense to me. As I say, I don't know if, I, I mean, and I know the Halloween franchise pretty well and I was just lost of thinking, so when is this happening? And you know, because if even if you sort of took the okay, uh, the if the Mike if the Michael Myers that was beheaded was um, a phony, which wasn't um, put in at that point, if there so w when did they pick up Michael Myers? Mm. And you know, why is he in the back of this police car with these two guys? That there's something lost there that I just don't get, and that's 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 a problem. Um, mm. And the other thing is at the end. You kind of get a confrontation thing where this, the same thing essentially happens twice, and then they just kind of go, "Okay, we're going to go," and that's the <laughs> and that's the end. There's not really a proper, mm. there's not really a proper cap on it, um, or, or even like a good 
you know you could say it's a cliffhanger but it's not quite set up in that way it just kind of it it feels like that 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 was felt to be the ending and i just think it needed more of an epilogue or a, or a, a bit more finality to it um which was which was a, a, a little uh, which was a shame but i think up until you know between those between those two points i think you know you get you get the atmosphere you get good characters you get the um uh, you know you get a variety of locations you know they're shooting in different houses and on campus and and stuff they they they're getting a lot out of say very similar to something like coven in terms yeah. of what they seem to have had with their budget and that and um i like the characters and, and importantly the kills are good um you know and michael is is pretty good uh, and his and his mask's not too bad you know the mask has always been a uh, a problematic feature of most of the film the the official ones so let alone the unofficial ones so you can i i don't have i, I know there's some other people who've got who've criticized you know elements of you know the mask and stuff but i think compared to what we've had in the past and whatever that's that's actually absolutely fine i think michael's you know the portrayal of michael is good in here uh, and the kills are in keeping with as i say with like the original um and See, I didn't like H2O. That's the thing. This is a follow-on to H2O, but I, <clears throat> I, I've got a lot of problems with that film. One of them being there's some scenes that just don't make sense and, you know, it, it's other bits are cobbled together and, you know, it's, it seems a bit... I, I, I'm a, not an apologist, but I'm, I'm, quite a, I'm quite a fan of The Curse of Michael Myers, which is one of the ones that everyone hates. Um, I just... Is that number five who knows? or six or something? Uh, number six. Yeah. But... You know, um, who knows why I clicked with that film at a particular time when it came out. But every, uh, the, but this is nothing like that. But I don't mind that. I, I like the fact that the Halloween franchise has this diversity and and that they try these different timelines and stuff. And it's great to see a fan film. And this is not the first. There are many, many yeah. Halloween fan films. Um, and this is, I think this is up there with, uh, you know, I haven't seen as many great Halloween films as we'll have Friday the 13th ones recently because there's some really good um, Friday the 13th fan films. Um, but I think this there's another one I'll mention called ha uh, uh, Halloween Inferno, which was a, a, a three... It was made in three parts, but they've released it as a, a short feature called The Boogeyman Cut. And it's mm. essentially an, a, a what... Uh, before Halloween Kills came out, they decided to make their own sequel, the, uh, the Coleman Brothers, I think it's called. Um, and you know, if you watch Halloween Kills and you watch Inferno, it's pretty good comparison. I mean, they're almost—it's almost a companion, a, a decent companion yeah. piece. There's some setup differences and stuff. Is, is that the one that starts in a um, in a warehouse or, or a garage or something? Uh, well, I, I can't remember exactly where it starts, but you know, you've got Laurie's house is on fire. You know, the compound oh, is on fire and oh, stuff. No, it's and, a different one I've seen. Then. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. I mean, I, I, I'm barely scratching the surface. I've seen a. Hmm. I've seen a few, but I haven't seen nearly as many as there are. Um, but some of them are really, really amateurish. But, you know, this Inferno was very, very good, made to a very good standard. Uh, arguably a better Halloween, you know, sequel to 2018's Halloween than Halloween Kills was. I mean, you can't touch the, the, um, the, the you know, the, the kills in terms of the, you know, the budget and the visual effects and everything, whatever. But it's a really solidly made 40-minute um, movie. Yeah. with some good character developments and some good things, interesting things developed from the ideas. And this is doing kind of the same thing, but with the film that was made earlier. Um, yeah. And I like that 
they they do some some simple so backtrack a little bit so the john tate character who was in h2o was played by josh hartnett and i think the guy who's replaced him here you know they've got they found a yeah. pretty good josh hartnett I, replacement. I, I, I can see a bit of josh hartnett in him yeah, yeah you can see that that you could see a, 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 a that that this could be the guy who, who was grown up from that you know that, that he does look enough like him and he's good and he's good enough in terms of his development of his character um there are some issues in terms of um why would John Tate have gone back to Haddonfield when his mum escaped from Haddonfield and, and all that? Well, you know, I think his um, there's some questions there. Yeah. I think it could be justified that he's he's um, he's obsessed enough that he's wanted to go back to the source. And you know, even though he sort of says that he thinks that my Myers might be dead or whatever, he's not sure. And you know, he, that's that's why he's settled there. Um, but you could. You know, character decisions and stuff. That's one of the things about the new films. Like, what? Why did? Why in the new timeline mm. um, was Laurie Strode still living in Haddonfield in 2018? Why didn't she run away or whatever? You could you could say the same thing basically. Yeah. Um, so I've not got huge issues there. I like the character. I like the you know he's got his daughter who's called Lauren, which is a, a nice little callback without being too on the nose. Um, the support say the supporting cast I think is. Is good. It's equally as good as anything we've seen in the um, yeah. in the series from Halloween Six or or even the more recent ones or any of them really. I think it's uh, made by a director called uh, well, writer director Brandon T Brandon Timmons mm -hmm. and his uh, Bat Productions company. Now, interestingly, they've got um, a Halloween uh, a Friday the Thirteenth fan film coming next as their next uh, next production. So that'll be really interesting to see because there's yeah, so many absolutely. Friday the 13th yeah. uh, fan films. But um, yeah, so um, I know I'm waffling on, but uh, Mike, you got any more thoughts on this? No, not really. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, th I thought it was um, pretty decent. So I think you're going to score this one? Uh, well, I've, I've watched it twice now. I'm, I'm going to have to say seven. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a seven for me. Yeah, I, I agree. This, I mean, at, at the very least, a six because this this does fit in with, um, you know, a couple of the other films we've seen. It, it's it's certainly no less quality than those, um, but it is just that little bit more engaging, I think. So yeah, I, I believe this is a seven out of ten. So two sevens for the Haddonfield Nightmare. Go check it out. It's on. Um, in fact, you'll find a link to it because it's on YouTube. Um, you'll find a link in the footnotes below. Our short shot this week is The Bride of Candyman. After summoning the unrelenting spirit of Candyman, one woman is forced to make a choice that will last an eternity. And with each passing moment, another innocent life will be slaughtered by the evil entity until that choice is made. Uh, Steve, over to you first. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy this. Um, I mean, the budget must have been about 20p. Um, the costumes and makeup looks like it's been done from a pound joke shop. It was terrible. But it kind of goes against... I mean, basically, you're looking at Candyman getting fucking rapey. Really. Yep. He sees this girl. Yeah. No, seriously, he, he sees this woman. Says, "Right, you're gonna be my wife. 
If not, I'm going to fucking kill everyone around you. And that's that's basically it. And it, it just no, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. It really did. It starts off quite well, you know, just the girls chatting and mm. you know she's a writer who's got is stuck and you know trying to find the urban, urban look for urban legends and find the Candyman once, and then you know they say the fight the name five times in front of the mirror and it just leads them there. But it just no, I just it just didn't click with me at all. This that's all. Rich. Well, I disagree to an extent. I mean, yes, it is very low budget. It's one of the, it's mm. you know, it is one of those fan films that's, um, you know, much more, much more modest. Uh, the, I think the, um, um, the director, uh, uh, Chris R. Notarial, notarial. I apologize, I can't pronounce his name. Blinky five, Blinky five hundred. Anyway, is what he's known as on. Uh, that's his channel on YouTube. He's very prolific with making uh, these kind of these fan films, including like he's, mm. he's covered Halloween several times, uh, uh, and he's done tons of loads of different properties. He did a recent one called uh, Skynet, which was about um, which is set in the Terminator universe and actually brought back the original John Connor from uh, from uh, James Cameron's original film. You know, like in the opening. Yep opening scenes of mm. so they got that actor to come back and sort of do this kind of closure thing which is quite interesting but he does tend to work with very limited budgets very small casts and they can be a hit they can be a bit hit and miss i thought this one was really interesting and in part because i haven't really seen many Candyman fan films as you know i think it's it's, a, it's mm. something a bit different i think the guy uh, who i'm trying to use name i'm trying to find that the actor who they got to play Tony Todd, you know, mm -hmm. to do, he's essentially doing Tony Todd's uh, version of the Candyman. Herman Wilkins. Her Herman Wilkins. Yeah. I thought he was good. I liked him. I thought, I thought he sort of made it. I haven't watched the, you know, I haven't seen a Candyman film since the nineties. So since the last, since the last of the original series came out, I have not watched the new version. So I can't comment mm. on, you know, that and I can't compare it in any way, but I thought it was kind of, it was. I like the nods to the original film. Uh, I like the casting, and the. I like the sort of jokey nods to Bloody Mary and how that's basically the same thing. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit. I think. I think it was quite. I. I, I liked it. I thought it was quite interesting. The. Um, the story itself, uh, which unfolds over about fifteen minutes, I thought was, was decent. You know, it's got. It's. It's a properly. It's a proper fully formed story fan film there's there's uh there's room to expand upon it if they want to but it's not like a proof of concept or anything like that it's kind of its own thing uh the characters are built up um sufficiently at the start before you know Candyman starts to do his thing and stuff so yeah i liked it i Mike? thought it was it was okay basically i i i side with with steve on this one i think not so much because of his low budget just mm. um i am not convinced by some of the things that sort of really happen in it um I'm, I'm not a fan of the series at all uh it, it's just not something i really sort of got with um so so you know there's that to begin with it's an uphill battle uh one thing i did like comes you know we're sort of saying it's low budget and stuff 
but the foley work was really good there's some very good sound effects mm. in this to sort of really sell some of the bits uh some of the, some of the sort of kills um that that all really worked for me um but yeah i, I the, sort of the atmosphere just didn't really sort of gel for me at all you know um what, what they're really sort of going for so yeah i mean as i said you know it's 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 an uphill battle anyway because i'm not really a fan of the Candyman series well that's fair enough the um what mm. i would say is uh you've just got to look at this guy's filmography <laughs> to say say see how many credits how many projects he do i mean he might I, I, I mean a bit like um some of the other short filmmakers that we see i just don't know how that they how they do uh so many and um yeah he's i mean he's this guy's covered dark man predator beetlejuice powerpuff uh, girls, Power girls yeah. gen 13 that was a new one uh i think yeah so, so i watched one of the michael myers ones one of the um i think it was myers the butcher of haddonfield was the one i watched mm. which had like a, a a loomis character with me it's similar you know it, it has a similar kind of structure to this in that it's you know a couple of characters talking and then you know then there's an encounter and and sort of stuff happens from there mm. and the, the you know he clearly i'm not so i'm not trying to i don't know it's hard to say because it's like it's some of it's very cosplay rather than rather than like real short short film yeah um you know some yeah. some of it's it doesn't quite come off you know i think there, there's a lot of passion involved clearly mm. in a lot of these uh, but i think in this uh, I personally, I mean, I've seen a few of his, and I think this is definitely one of the. I've, I've not seen many. I can't say I've, I've seen a huge amount of them, but I think Skynet impressed me recently. I, I like that. Didn't think it was perfect by any stretch, but I thought there was some really, really solid um, ideas, and you know what, what essentially boiled down to two people having a conversation um, for a Terminator film, which which was a bit in, interesting, uh, but sort of the way it was unfolding, and this. You know, we've got the cat. We've got the uh, the main character. She's talking with her friend at the start. You know, it's all very much like the first Candyman film. Um, and then the pursuit. You know, Candyman's pursuit of her was I thought was well handled. And you know, then we get this the, the climax happening. I think um, just for trying to just for sort of the novelty of tackling something different like Candyman, whereas where you know everyone else is, you know, especially now. Everyone's doing Jason, yeah. <laughs> and, and to a lesser extent Michael Myers. But there's so many Jason projects. It's it's actually really refreshing to see someone uh, you know doing doing Candyman, you know, less than. And I know that's on the back of you know the the new movie. You know, it's, it's a certain opportunism with that. I mean, we, we see that quite a lot. You know, like um, Blake Ridder does his mm. you know he's, he's he makes so many films but he some of the he does some he does a lot of fan films that are uh sort of phony um opening scenes and stuff which sort of seems a bit clickbaity to me and i'm not, I'm not really a fan of some mm. of those um they don't they don't quite come off i think as a as an as a filmmaker doing his own projects they they work better but i think some of some of these things where they try and um ride not ride on the coattails but sort of you know 
get noticed because of like a trend or, or because of a big film coming out or something. I don't think that works so so well. And in this case, I think it's it doesn't come off that way. It it comes off as like a genuine effort to tell a story um, that's in keeping with the original series. So yeah, I think I think it's worth I think I think it's worth a look. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel awkward because I'm in the middle of two people who didn't like it. But. <laughs> well, that's fair enough, mate. That's all. Uh, we yeah. don't score the uh, shorts, but we do recommend you check them out. Yes, we do recommend this. Um, if you're a fan of Candyman, um, or just you know, just trust Rich's um, uh, judgment, go for it. Uh, you'll find a link in the footnotes below. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Savage. After his family is murdered and he's left for dead, a farmer wakes up in the desert and finds himself transformed into a savage warrior with all the powers and skills of the ancient gods. Guided by his spirit masters, he's given a mission. Destroy Title Corporation, the world's most powerful high-tech computer company and its ambitious leader, Michael Burrows. Now, Rich, <laughs> um, every now and well, I'll throw this to Steve, but every now and again, we get a film which epitomizes a certain era of DTV. Um, this was made in 1996, or it came out in 96. Um, and in the first 20 minutes alone of this film, uh, we have the main character's family getting murdered by masked assassins. He gets locked up in a mental institution for two years in a coma, then escapes. Um, he manages to find a cave and basically, you know, some cavemen have left a user manual scrawled on the wall and he's able to learn how to hunt and things like this. And then he's visited by extraterrestrials and this is all within the first 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, it's, it is absolutely batshit crazy. And it just gets more crazier from there because, you know, he turns into Tarzan. Um, he's, he's leaping around like crazy. Um, it's, it's just mind-boggling, to be quite honest, but absolutely 100% total entertainment for me anyway. How did you get on with this one? Yeah, it's entertaining. It's definitely a word. Um, it's just off, off the wall. It's. I want to know how many pounds of coke <laughs> the writers and producers did before they wrote this script because it's oh, absolute batshit. It, it really is. I've, I've not come across anything it, this crazy for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like... At one point, I actually thought, well, it, it no, I got to one point, there was an advert after about five minutes, so he's still in the hospital. Mm. And then, so I skipped the advert, and then another film came on, and I'm like, hang on, something's gone wrong here. And it had, and then, mm. so I put it back to where it was, started again. And then 10 minutes later, I thought the same thing had happened, so I thought I was watching something completely <laughs> different, but it wasn't. It was the same thing. And the... The bad guy mm. is so over the top. I don't think he can actually speak. I just think he knows how to scream <laughs> and 
shout at people because it, it can't say a word normally. And, you know, it, it ties into like Stonehenge and aliens oh, have sent this thing. For, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, what, what the yeah. fuck? Because I just thought, right, just sit back and watch the fights and see what happens because <laughs> there's no chance of following it, to be fair. I mean, it was more all over the place than the one we watched last week. You know, the, what did we watch last week? The Spanish one. Oh, Christ. The Spanish yeah. one. We yeah, were like, the, yeah, the um, Kingdom of Rashes, yeah. Yeah, that was the one, yeah. But this Absolutely. was just on, an, on a, another level, this one. <laughs> There's just some weird, weird shit in this film, which we'll get into. Mm. Um, but first, let's get Richard's first thoughts on this. Well, this is one of my all-time favourites. Uh, <laughs> I love this film so much and I loved it even more watching it again now in the in widescreen on them um, found it on YouTube it's mm-hmm. a it's, yeah. it's an AV, yeah. a, a, a VOD ad video on demand so it's not a pirate or anything it's like a, um, yeah. a an increasing number of, of films that are being chucked onto to YouTube for ad revenue and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh yeah look I mean the, the Quality. It looks great. I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've mm. got a VHS copy that I liberated from the video store that I used to work in because uh, I felt I had to protect it and you know look after it. And the wow. um, and you know was not 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 selfish at all in any sense. The um, and it's 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 not really been available since it's never come out on DVD as far as I'm aware. Uh, and the fact that it's shown up in this nice quality print on YouTube is fantastic. I I really really like uh, Olivia Gruner from this period. Um, this this say this film I saw when it came out made a massive impression on me. Uh, the uh, he made another film called Automatic, which I love equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but he's most well known for Nemesis, which I do think is really really good. It's got some really great action, whatever. But it it's I've never quite clicked with that film in the same way. But he's he was definitely for a period. You know, this was the time uh, post eighty, you know, eighties and early to mid nineties. This is when sci-fi and action were kind of really at their peak. Yeah. You know, this is the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme period, and th- and who, you know, what, you know, I, I think Olivia Gruner kind of embodied the DT, you know, the DTV answer to both those guys in. In, in these films that he did, I mean, in in Automatic, he played a, he played basically a, a, a cyborg um, mm-hmm. sort of Terminatorish kind of character, and the same in this. I mean, it starts out, you know, this is like what you're saying. They basically chucked a load of stuff in a blender because yeah. it comes. It's <laughs> it's like yeah. the opening scene and you know him going into the coma and everything is straight out of Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill, yeah. But it's it's even more mm. idyllic. You know, it starts out with this real idyllic. You know, farm life kind of, and then it's shattered. And he ends zero, up in the and he's... zero exposition as to why he and his family are being attacked at all. Which is great. I mean, yeah. I mean we find that out e- later. Even though I you think know, that works really you, well. You know, you know, right from the start, you know, this you know, is yeah. <laughs> you know, he can't be happy. He can't, <laughs> he can't be, start yeah. out an action. Yeah. And um, so he's, so he's, um, uh, he, he become. You know, he becomes this kind of mute character. He's, as you say, Tarzan. They even, rep- you know, you think of Tarzan when you see him. He's clearly designed that way. Somebody even says it, and but he transforms 
from Tarzan to the Terminator. They literally dress him up like the Terminator. That is quite funny, that scene as well, when he gets the leather jacket. But, and then he reaches for the shades, and I was thinking, oh, he's going to get the Ray-Bans. And then he doesn't. He gets these John Lennon glasses <laughs> instead, which is actually more <laughs> in keeping with his other characters, like in... Um, um, Nemesis. In Nemesis, he wears yeah. the same kind of glasses. Yeah. Same yeah. Sort of thing, so, which is quite amusing. Yeah, so we've got... Um, so we got him and yeah he his so his journey and yeah they throw loads of stuff in but what uh, one of the other things i really love about it is um so we got uh what's, uh, what's uh, Kristen Minter mm-hmm. as um, Marie uh, Marie Belloc she's like the uh, second in command sort of of the of the bad guy mm-hmm. and she's mm. she's such a fantastic fantastic character they she it's quite um it's very of of the time so there's yeah. there's there's quite a bit of nudity and stuff in the movie it's very very much a uh i'm not going to say misogynistic but you know there's some, you know it's 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 of that time uh, and there's some stuff in it uh, but they sort of twist it a bit because they they introduce this character in a sex scene and you think she's going to be the girl who gets cast aside and the guy goes off to answer the phone and whatever but she's the one she's the one and she's like confidently walking around like naked and you know taking these calls yeah. and telling this guy to get lost and then he starts yeah. being a real jerk and and she <laughs> and she's crack not crack having any of it man. yeah she's tough yeah. you know she's a great tough character and you know she's working for this guy who you know as you were saying the the, the, the villain of the piece um, played by uh, Reese Burroughs played by Carrie O'Salem who's basically Lex Luthor yeah. And she she's like working yeah. for him, and then it it comes to a point where she is encouraging him. You know, she's mm. like he's like he's a, he's happy to throw in the towel. He's like I've had enough, <laughs> yeah. and she's like no. She she spurs him on, but she yeah. you know she she had so she, she's got a real character arc through the whole thing. She's great. The costume design's great. Yeah. The film's got a real budget. You know, you can't see There's some good sets and things in this. You, know, you don't yeah. see DTV movies made to this standard anymore. You know, yeah. you, you get your Bruce Willis stuff now. It's this this no. is a million miles away. This this fits, although it's low budget. It fits with all that Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff that he was making. You know, Total Recall, yeah. Running Man, Terminator. Mm. It, Fits with all that. Absolutely, it's 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 set. It's like five minutes in the future, so there's futuristic, you know, the VR obsession thing. It's got a lot. It's all yeah. to do with VR. So uh, yeah. the aliens or or the ancient ones uh, had their own. In uh, so VR is like <laughs> is that this is what they're positing in the films. Like, like VR is like a new thing of like trying to link. Well, slow man, isn't it? To as the well, thing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were all doing that kind of stuff, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think the actions are really well handled. There's there's stuff in here that I didn't notice the first time, or the, you know, in the time since I've seen it. Amazing Grace is mm. the is like the key sort of piece mm. of music that is uh, done to death, really. Um, but it's it's there from the very beginning of the film, right through the end credits. You know, there's a, there's Amazing Grace plays on the end credits, but it's his th- it's the theme. It's the theme that evokes his memories of his idyllic life with his family oh, and stuff is, so it constantly keeps coming up yeah, this, this is something I want to, want to bring yeah. up um, he's comatose in this mental hospital been there for two years mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the, the the security guard is watching TV and suddenly it changes channel to this you know midnight mass kind of thing where they're singing Amazing Grace 
Mm-hmm. And it's what wakes him up, you know, it gets yeah. through to his conscience. And and all the channels, you know, every time he changes the channel, it's the same thing. So clearly there's, you know, there was some sort of influence there to do yeah. it. And so somebody knew that was going to trigger him. Well, they, that, they, that's why they've sort of linked yeah, him, haven't they? That, the, the supernatural yeah, beings or whatever. This... Yeah, I was watching it first. I was like, going, well, yeah. well, this, well, this is weird, you know. And there's a scene when he goes to... Um, you know this uh, computer shop, the computer kitchen, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and he's he's staring at a video screen, and suddenly all this information about himself and his past comes up on the screen. And I'm like, is he controlling the screens? <laughs> I had no clue what was going on at that point at all. Well, he's being communicated to through through the yeah. computers and the tellies. Well, I, and I, I gather that eventually, but it's it's, it's at the time it's like. Why are they showing this information? It was very, very strange. Well, the thing about the other thing about you know, like, like I said, the, the, it's it's all these different things thrown in a blender. So mm. we've got Tarzan, we've got the Terminator, we got Hard to Kill, mm. but then you add into that Close Encounters of the Third Kind, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, my my favourite scene in the film, uh, a couple of actually. One is um, when they realise that he's woken up and, you know, and he escapes from the uh, the asylum. And he gets picked up and put back into, like you know, the sheriff's jail basically overnight. And the bad guys decide they're going to assassinate him. So, so they send three guys in as as convicts, which I thought was really cool. Actually, the way, the way they did that, mm. you know, get these three guys locked up. That was really cool in the, in the fight scene. I think when mm. they realise that those three guys have failed, they have to go get some more henchmen. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's that sort of like men on a mission, you know, get, getting the men together for the mission kind of thing. And they've all got their pages. Well, they do a, they do a whole John Wick thing, don't yeah, they? Exactly. <laughs> Basically. It's, it's, it, I, I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah. You know, all these, these, all these ne'er-do-wells sort of up to their thing. And then, shit, I got a page. It was a guy sort of, you know, about to kill this guy with a baseball bat. And it's like, oh, shit, I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, I better kill you quick sort of thing. <laughs> that was really, really good. Yeah, it's a well, like attrition, you know, like Steven Seagal's attrition. They did yeah, that kind yeah, of thing where he calls exactly, yeah. him up and he's like, hey, he's he's dangling somebody off of a thing. He's like, oh no, I've got to go. I've got to go. It's like, well, can you wait five minutes to yeah. finish what you? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you I, I, don't have to go now, surely. Yeah. yeah, I just I just wish they'd been given a bit more screen time than what they got. You know, well, that does that whole that section of the film doesn't really last very long, does it? It's no, quite exactly. quick. Yeah. I mean, um, we get the. The computer kitchen. There's a big action sequence there, which really reminded me a lot of the Terminator um, again. one of the early scenes. Yeah, the Terminator scene where mm. Michael Bean comes in and and mm. stuff uh, to rescue Sarah Connor. And yeah. we've even even the heroine and the, the Jennifer Grant playing Nikki Carter, mm. who's kind of the the Ray Dawn Chong sort of character who gets yeah. quite t- caught up in the whole thing. Mm. She's she's quite um, she's quite Sarah Connor ish. Uh, and also, you know, a couple of other characters and stuff. But she's great. She's she's a really strong. She was character. very good. Yeah. She's got this great line. Where she says, she says, oh, "I might as well because everything's going really wrong." And she says, oh, "I might as well uh, get married. My life is over." <laughs> so it's really. I thought. I think the script's got some really good stuff in it, and not yeah. only her, but Sam McMurray uh, as Edgar Wallace, who's the mm. guy with the um, cutthroat the razor. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's so good. I mean, I've seen him in quite a few. He's a really good character actor, but this is one of the best things I've seen him in. He's he's he's, he's such a nasty piece of work <clears> in this. He's like a you know corporate um, uh, what do you call it? Um, um, 
Yeah. Clean you know, he, yeah, he, he, he's like lead henchman sort of character yeah. who goes, goes out and, uh, mm. what do you call it? What's it called? The, what do you call the main heavy of like a, a mafia boss or something who goes oh, out? The, um, the, um, Enforcer or something. Yeah, that's sort of Or something yeah, like that. But it's, yeah. it, that's what he's got. He's got like this mob, and that's what he's, I think they sort of colour his character as being like this mob, former mob enforcer kind of guy who's working now for a, mm. for, for a corporate uh, guy and he's he's like he's he's basically got contempt for the guy he's working for and everything it's like um and the, the stuff they do with the characters is really great and it's uh i just say um, i think this is a cut above for me i love this film yeah so much. i i this is really good I'm, I'm just looking at imdb and the, the character names as well they all got sort of very sort of literary um um sort of links so for example which is something i hadn't picked up on yeah initially. so, so you've got Ooh. alan poe edgar wallace as you mentioned um spillane is another one so they're all sort of you know sort of um hardcore mm. sort of like you know hardboiled sort of um detective writers would you remember around the same time do you remember death machine stephen norrington's first film Mm, you know, it went on I've to do Blade. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he did a similar yeah. thing of naming all his characters, but they were after, um, in his case, film directors. So there was like mm. Scott Ridley and, yeah. and stuff like that. There was <laughs> a whole load of, of, of characters. And that's, I think you see that fairly common, but not so, yeah. not in movies like this. This is quite unusual. And like Alex, yeah. Alex and his wife, his wife is called Jules Verne, mm. you know, Julia Verne. Uh, so the, the, there's all these sci-fi and sort of horror and, de- and detectives or procedural kind of nods in those character names, but it's it's there if you look for it, if you, if you notice it. But I I only know of it because of because I read it in a review or I saw, mm. like you say like you're you know looking on IMDb. Or page open, I didn't yeah. pick up on it mm. apart from the jewel apart from the Jules Verne thing, which mm. I noticed this time not not previously. It wasn't wasn't something I'd ever picked up on before. Um, I hadn't really noticed that, and it does. It's not like it adds. A hu- it has a huge it's quite an interesting novelty to yeah. the film but it kind of adds to the sort of pot <laughs> you know it's such a yeah, it's yeah. such a pot i mean the the, the director mm. um uh, avi nesher did the and it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. did quite a few done quite a few films but of all different types really um but you know i think did he do t- he did mercenary with um uh, what's it called Oh, well, that's interesting. So Patrick Highsmith. So, you know, this film said it's a Patrick Highsmith yeah, yeah. picture show. Yeah. I didn't realise that was a pseudonym. That was, that's Avi Nesha's pseudonym, oh, right. which I have no idea. Oh. I'm just looking up his IMDb now, which I did not yeah. know. Bo- he did Time Bomb. He did do Time Bomb, which I've always wanted to see. <gasps> it's really hard to find. Oh, we'll have to, we'll have to see if it's on. Is that the, the Pierce Brosnan one? one? No. No. I know Michael Bean, you... wasn't it? It's Michael Bean oh, right, and okay. Patsy Kenzer. Right. Yeah, I want to see that. And Human Time Bomb with Brian Genesee, similarly. I want, I want to see both of those. Um, the, so, yeah, so Avi Nesha, uh, Patrick Highsmith, did several projects with Olivia Gruner, including he wrote Automatic and also did um, Mercenary, with uh, which he did with John Ritter and Mercenary 2 as well. Um, but, you know, the, the... And then he moved on to sort of, sort of more art house stuff, which is quite interesting. But the... Um, his his films have a very particular kind of um, oh Mars as well he did that wasn't so mm. good that Olivia Gruner is dubbed in that one weird weird choice but weird. they and, and you can see the budgets getting lower as as they progress you know there was there was certainly I mean you look at something like Time Bomb you know the, Patsy Kenzie and Michael Bean they were both kind of prime at that point yeah uh, especially Patsy yeah. Kenzie I think she was doing quite well 
as, as an actress, you know, with Lethal Weapon 2, pretty much um, uh, 1989, wasn't it? So, mm. the, so, mm. so that that was quite a, a note. I think Doppelganger he wrote, which was uh, Drew Barrymore, if, if, it's the, if it's the same one. I'm just checking that now. Uh, yeah, so that was when Drew Barrymore was doing like DTV movies and stuff in her middle period before she had that resurgence. Uh, and obviously now, you know, it's been no turning back with her since then. Yeah. So she made some interesting stuff. So this guy was one of the core guys for, for DTV uh, action, especially yeah. at this point. But uh, I think that for me, this is a high watermark. I'm, I'm definitely interested in revisiting some of his other stuff. But this yeah, and Automatic, which he wrote and mm. produced, I think, uh, uh, some of the best of the period. Mm. Uh, Steve, the um, the film you were thinking of with Pierce Brosnan that is Livewire. Ah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was a similar period as well, wasn't it? it? Was, I think yeah. I was about ninety one. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, yeah. Like two, like, like, yeah. But yeah, okay. Uh, we don't score the um, the throwbacks, but we certainly recommend them. Um, just as a change, this isn't on Prime; it is on YouTube. So you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. Please check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for joining me this evening. No problem. It was a pleasure. And, and Will, of course, who helped me do uh, the review for um, the Disappearance at Lake Elrod. Um, don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at the DTV Digest. Also check out our sister show, the DTV Digest Short Shots, where me and Rich take a look at some short films. Other than that, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.